Well, welcome into the natural state of weather. The holiday break for us is over. It's uh, hard to record a podcast when uh, so much is going on, and I'm sure you've noticed if you listen to other podcasts, you go a little while without new content as everyone kind of takes off, and for us, it means we get busier. But it was also the holidays. Yes. So, and it was, uh, how was your Christmas? Great Christmas, uh, a lot of family time, really good, um, a lot of work. <laughs> Was it? For me. Okay. Wasn't for, well, yeah. Y'all, anyway. took, y'all took off, but I, that, that is my role. Yeah. Well, we had uh, an eventful Christmas a uh, week after because of severe weather, James. We did. And, uh, or lack thereof. We will talk first about, you know, we didn't get to run a podcast right after this happened. December 10th. Which we had... I would not describe in the Channel 7 viewing area as an outbreak. I would still call it a tornado outbreak. For the region. Yeah. Well, we had a severe weather outbreak. Yes. A lot of severe weather reports. But um, SPC, on this particular occasion, did well, a very good job. Before we get to them, let's, uh, let's start with what happened. We had a tornado that was one of the strongest we've seen in a long time. Mm-hmm. First tornado deaths in the state in three years. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, the history will tell you that when you have a warm December, you're going to have tornadoes here. Right. And, uh, unfortunately, um, you know, it was a violent tornado. Now, I know Monette and Leachville suffered heavy, heavy, heavy losses. Mm-hmm. Um, but, you know, if something like that tracks through a larger city, it's de- it's even your more fatalities are, are so yeah. much higher. Um, and that's what you saw as that storm went up into, uh, Mayfield? Uh, Kentucky, yeah. And so, you know, I put this tornado up against uh, Valonia. I put yep. it up against uh, Denning. I put it up against uh, Little Rock 1997. It's that level of tornado. Um, EF4, almost five. I think at its strongest point in the state of Arkansas was in an open field. And that was right on the border, wasn't it? Right on the Arkansas-Missouri line. Uh, and it, I think it had winds of 170 miles per hour. The trees were debarked. Um, you know, it leveled a Dollar General in Leechville. That was where the worst damage was. Right. Two fatalities in Arkansas. Two fatalities in Arkansas. Um, a lot more off to the northeast. You know, we hate to hear of tornado fatalities, but Todd, a lot of times tornadoes that strong are almost unsurvivable unless you're underground. That's right. And uh, of course, we had our Spirit of Arkansas uh, disaster relief drive. Everybody came through with donating a lot of money uh, to help those that in, in need. Uh, and again, it was it was a ter- it was a terrible situation in northeast Arkansas, up through Kentucky and and Tennessee and Missouri. But here uh, that day, there was a sounding, a balloon sounding, mm-hmm. uh, that showed a very conducive atmosphere yeah. to tornadoes. Evening sounding at Little Rock is as impressive as you'll see in December. And if you were around on December tenth, step outside, hot and humid, right? And not just not just warm. Hot. I mean, temperatures were in the upper 70s. So based upon those sounding, that sounding, and based upon the structure of the storms, tornado warnings were issued as far southwest as Little Rock right. in the anticipation that something would form. But then when you looked on the velocities, there was little to to see. Everything was above 4,000 feet. There was no low-level rotation down Nothing. at Little Rock. And yeah. you had good verification, or I wouldn't say ver. you had a good sampling of the storm since it was so close to the radar. Right. So... You know, you can debate all day long about should those warnings have been issued or not. They were trying to be proactive 
because of the atmospheric conditions. And I think I can get on board with that. I can. Because I can. If you issue a tornado warning when on like let's say a day like that when it's tightened up and you know you might only have a lead time of one to two minutes. Right. But at the end of the day, nothing did verify, right. and we also had some issues with tornado sirens going off in places where there were no warnings. Yeah, and like Faulkner County, Conway is always going to sound their sirens when even the far northern corner of the county is under a tornado warning. That just, you know. Which it, gets into my uh, argument of false alarms kill. Do you want to, do you want to uh, We open that up? False alarms. Now, I don't so know if you're there's... talking about the far, false alarm ratio with tornado warnings. And overall with, yes. with now, Storm Prediction Center. Now, this is and, well documented. But... but I don't know if there's much data. It, this is my opinion, and that's what podcasts are for. It's the boy who cried wolf. If you issue tornado warning, tornado warning, tornado warning, and nothing happens when they do issue a tornado warning and there is something, is the mentality going to be, well, they issue tornado warnings well, so, all the time and nothing happens. So after February 5th, 2008, and May 25th, 2011, uh, Joplin, was May 22nd, they did extensive research behind why did people not take action when tornadoes were coming. And most people said, well, nothing ever happens. Mm -hmm. So, yes, you're right. False alarms do kill, but they really kill on a night like December 10th when, you know, you're in uh, Missouri or Kentucky and you have tornado warning. You're like, well, you know, I've, I've never experienced a tornado. I've been in a lot of tornado warnings and never seen one. Mm -hmm. I think I'll just chill. Right. And then people end up dying. That actually happens. Right. But then you're in the position – you have to look at it from the other side of the coin so, of a, a National Weather Service meteorologist, and they they have a heavy responsibility of issuing these warnings, and they don't want to have that happen so, uh, where somebody goes unwarned. Our, so it's, it's a very difficult situation. Our 2021 number of tornado uh, reports was average, 35, average is 33. Our tornado warnings, I would say not as many as a, a usual given year, given that the number of severe weather reports was so low. Um, but we had a lot of tornado warnings with no tornado reports. A lot. So what are you saying about the warning system? It's difficult because we don't have a sampling of the lowest level of the atmosphere at every part of the state. And we didn't really have any tornadoes in central Arkansas. And that's a whole nother, that's a whole nother podcast because we can't get the funding from the government to put in the radars that are needed. And that actually saves lives. So you would issue fewer tornado warnings with better radar data. Would you? I think you would. Well, I don't know. Because in 2020, Arkansas had four EF2 tornadoes and none of them had tornado warnings on them. They were all in different corners of the state. Radar gaps. In radar gaps. Yeah. So, so would there have been better warnings if we did have a radar? So, so you'd have Which, a, it to me, blows my mind. Better quality of this, warnings. This gets into politics, and I stay away from politics yeah. as, I, as I can, but it blows my mind that something that is proven to save lives goes unfunded. Yeah, I mean, we have a big radar gap in southwest Arkansas, southeast Arkansas, and northeast Arkansas, really north central. Mm -hmm. um, you know, all areas of the state that have seen violent tornadoes at some point. Where would you put radar? I think Monticello. the first place I'd put one is uh, in southeast Arkansas. Monticello. Yeah. Uh, the next, I mean, southwest Arkansas is in a pretty big radar gap. Um, you know, you get south of Mena and north of Texarkana, and that's that's a hard place to Hope. sample. Um, and, and then uh, it wouldn't hurt to get one in Jonesboro. No. I, I do think we need three more radars in the state. And, and, again, this is technology, and I'll say it again. It has been proven 
to save lives. But, you know, you look at Arkansas, there's similar radar gaps in Mississippi and Alabama and those areas that need it as well. You know, and it, it it costs a lot of money to run these things, but uh, yeah. you know, political stuff. All right, so we're getting off. Subject All right, again. so back to you know, we had tornado break December tenth. Later on in the month, it got warm, and a couple severe weather risks presented themselves. Later on, were upgraded to enhanced risks, only for there to be zero severe weather. And even the instead. wording of strong tornado was used, yes. which we were like, huh? Uh, and so like, we're in a position... Like, like okay, so December 10th was initially an enhanced risk, okay, day one, right. morning of. Well, so were these other two days, and they're not even in the same stratosphere, not even the same. December 10th, I looked at it two days prior and knew, well, there could probably be a couple of big tornadoes that could be pretty dangerous going into these other two late in the month. You look at it and you go, wow, that's probably not going to do a whole lot, right? Right. So... There's a little bit of a disconnect between the caliber of SBC forecast we're getting. I'll be the first to tell you, December 10th, they did great. Northeast Arkansas, moderate risk. They had 12 tornadoes in the moderate risk area in mm -hmm. Northeast Arkansas. That's a, that's a good forecast. Northeast. But then you have, you know, 10% tornado risk in uh, eastern and southeast Arkansas. These last two. And they were busts. And I'm glad they were busts. But, but it's not even that it was a bust. They weren't warranted. What would our have? What would our forecast have been if we were drawing the maps? Okay, first of all, if we were drawing the maps, and again, this is and, and I'm, this is not to criticize. Uh, I, I want to make sure I get this perfectly clear. When I was talking about warnings and false alarms can kill in the long run because of the boy who cried wolf syndrome. Right. I'm not criticizing the National Weather Service because they're they're they have a particular responsibility. They do. And and they have to they and, have to warn. And we're not criticizing the Storm Prediction Center either. This is just This is like doctors criticizing other doctors, lawyers criticizing other right. lawyers. This is meteorologists, I don't know if I'd even call it criticizing, but saying, Hey, we need to do better. They this they are, you know, extremely smart, brilliant people that do a great job. But when we communicate to our viewer, hey, there's another enhanced risk mm -hmm. after we just got through with December tenth. They're different, very, very, very different, and we could, you know, I could tell you that, and hopefully you can tell. Hopefully, if, if you're a viewer of ours, you can tell based on our tone and how we explain it. Plus, if there's a bad situation like there was on December tenth, I went to Red on my Twitter. Right. Avatar. I mean, <laughs> right. that's another. That's another way you could tell. I love how many people know that it's getting real when that's red. When that, you know, it's real when that goes red. Um, but, I mean, Todd, what do we do? I I know other meteorologists in this state. That draw their own maps. Right. Okay. Um, they look very similar to the SBC map, but that yeah. it gives them the freedom to go. I really just don't see it. Our our area doesn't have as big a threat. And I will say, when you are forecasting for a tiny region, it is easier to make a forecast for your spot than if you're uh, forecasting an SBC forecaster for the entire country. You might, mm -hmm. you know, draw just a bigger risk area because you're not as sensitive to. What's it going to do in Arkansas County, Arkansas? That's why I think the Storm Prediction Center, uh, they need to take away all responsibility from the Storm Prediction Center of issuing watches and give them to the local forecast offices, period. SPC should not exist for the for convective outlooks. And that is controversial. Should not? Should not be issuing convective. So, wait, wait, wait. Time out, time out, time out. So let me, the let me Storm clarify. Prediction Center. The Storm Prediction Center can issue their – No. No, I'm gonna I'm gonna I'm gonna say this, and I want to make sure I'm clear about this. They should not be issuing watches. Okay. 
They should not be issuing severe thunderstorm watches, and they should not be issuing tornado watches. Okay. And I even think there's a case to be made where they shouldn't be issuing convective outlooks anymore because so, they do not. They, okay, uh, so tell me what they would do if they didn't do those three things. It's a great question. Maybe you give. Uh, may, maybe they don't exist. I don't know. I, 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 this is a highly controversial position that I'm taking. Yes. I just think that the local forecast offices are better equipped. If they can issue a winter storm watch, if they can issue a winter storm warning or a flash flood watch and a flash flood warning, why can't they do so, that the same thing with a thunderstorm or tornado? I'll counter with this. There has been more coordination between the SBC and offices in recent years. And but I'm, sometimes there's not. And some, it looks horrible on a map. Sometimes there's not. And you can catch on to this in a forecast discussion when the SPC will have an enhanced or moderate risk, and then you read the let's just let's just say the Little Rock discussion and it calls for an isolated severe weather threat. That's two diff totally different messages. Two totally different messages. Am mm -hmm. I wrong? Yeah. And then what would you get from us? Where do where do we line up? Right. You know, and the messaging is broken to some degree. And my best advice to someone is to Find someone local you trust mm -hmm. and stick with them. Because if you go to 70 different sources, you're going to get 70 different answers. But see, now you have the local forecast office, you have SPC, you have local meteorologists on TV, and now you have all these differing opinions. I think that the SPC not being local, I think you that you need to leave it to local offices but they make, that know their area. They do make some pretty great forecasts. I, I mean, I think that the local people can do just as good. I, but I think these the risk outlooks. Our guys at the National Weather Service office in North Little Rock are way talented. Yes. And they can issue their own tornado but, watches and warnings. They do it with winter weather. So they do it with flooding. It, it's almost like, and I've talked with other meteorologists about this, when you have a big setup like December 10th, mm -hmm. those forecasts can be spot on. Okay, I'll compromise. April 27th, high risk. You know, it, it captured the big storm of the day, the... Uh, you know, April oh, we, we can go on about that one, too. April 2011, you know, the, their risk captured those. You know, I've chased in the plains where their maximum tornado probabilities captured the big tornadoes, okay? But then you get these days that are more driven by small-scale stuff, and it's almost like, you know, you're drawing your risk map for the worst-case scenario mm -hmm. that most of the time doesn't happen, you know? I know. Like December, uh, you know, Saturday, January 1st. Okay. You get a risk map drawn for, well, what if you heat up? And what if the small-scale storm interactions? Yeah, they had a tornado watch out for southeast Arkansas. And there was day. no tornado. Threat. And we were both talking, about, you know, we had to go with this. And we're like, I just don't see it. There's no, there was, y'all. I don't see it. There was no threat of a tornado in southeast Arkansas. So that was done by the Storm Prediction Center. Would the local people done it different? I think so. That's the well, problem see, I you have. Get this, you get this mesoscale discussion that says tornadic supercells possible Saturday afternoon in southeast Arkansas, and I'm just thinking the wind profile is unidirectional. The winds are out of the southwest. Your storm's moving northeast. That is hard to get a tornado out of that, and if you do, it's very brief and it's weak. So why not have a severe thunderstorm watch where the wording is severe thunderstorms can and occasionally you know, do and then, produce tornadoes? Then you look at this where um, you've got a large area under this watch box and part of the watch area is expecting worse weather. I will I will say this. A compromise. Storm Prediction Center issues convective outlooks, but local offices are responsible for the issuance of, of watches. And I think that, that should that should help focus the messaging. You're never getting your way. 
No, there's these things. We can debate these things all day long, and I don't think there's ever going to be a clear solution to them. No, I just my advice is for you guys to trust someone. We hope it's us. We hope it. Yeah, I hope you'll trust us and listen to us when we get on here and talk about a severe weather threat, a winter weather threat. Because Todd, I mean, if we change, if we get new data and change our minds on something, you kind of know how we arrived at that point. You know, mm-hmm. hey, here's why I think the threat is higher. Or Saturday. Saturday morning I got up and I was like, I don't think this is happening. Here's why he I think the threat me. is low. He texted me and said that. He says this isn't happening. To, and it didn't. Yeah, and, and I have, I can base my reasoning in sound meteorology, I think. You know, and I consult with a lot of sources. Um, that is the name of the game, meteorology. It, it's, it's difficult. It's even more difficult to uh, collaborate with 40 different people on stuff. Because we're all going to have a little bit of a different take. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah. you and I can sometimes be at opposite ends of what we think will happen. That never happens. I mean, and, we and can't I'm be, always right. <laughs> you know, but but sometimes from different avenues we can arrive at a similar conclusion, and that's how you get a uh, consistent forecast delivered on our airwaves. But we have to we have to simplify the messaging because we're weather geeks. We understand it. We live geeks. it. We breathe it. They understand it too. But the consumer has other interests. They have other things in life that they focus in on, and they're not involved in the intricacies and you, and you know, of everything. I think the number we one, have to simplify. The this. number one question everyone wants to know is, do I need to change anything about my day? Right, and that's what that's. Exactly, and so yes. on December tenth, I would have told you, yes, you have to watch a radar. On January first, no, go about your life. It's but they were the same risks. Yeah, it just. And now, if you were just watching Channel 7, and we were your only weather source, hopefully you could take away that, wow, December 10th is a whole lot different than January 1st. But both of them, on the day one update, were both enhanced risks. Mm-hmm. Or the day two update. You know, so out. They our, downgraded us day one on January 1st. So if I had a, a perfect world, to sum things up here, if I had a perfect world, I would give more responsibilities to the local office for watches. I'd put... I'd give that well, responsibility. Okay. I'd keep convective this, outlooks. What low. about this compromise? What if the local office can just cancel counties out whenever they say They can't do that. Well. They do cancel counties, the okay. local offices. That's, that's or maybe have the veto power to say, hey, I don't include our office in this watch. I think that, and I don't know this, but I think that they can because they have conference calls. Yeah. And if we're going to have difference in, of opinions, and you know they do. I don't know. I'm not in on these calls. I'm not either, yeah. But, you know, every meteorologist is going to have a difference of opinion. Who wins in those arguments? SPC. SPC is going to win? So th- so they're going to override the local people? Oh, yeah. Does that happen? I think so. Or does the local people override SPC? I don't know. I, I really don't know. I would just assume the bigger organization has... I just, I just, I think that our, that people who know a forecast area, if you're, if you're let's just say you're in Pennsylvania... I really do not think the people in Norman, Oklahoma, have a firm grasp on the forecasting of severe weather in Pennsylvania. And right, and and conditions for tornadoes are a little different here than they are in Kansas, yep. and a little different in Alabama than they are here. Yeah, I I think local is the way to go. I um, do, and so I would use them for a, a convective outlooks. Put the weather service in charge of the uh, issuance of all watches and warnings. And as they are with warnings, why can't they do watches? I don't understand this. Uh, and as far as the warning thing, which we, t- which we touched based on earlier, 
again, the weather service is in a very tough spot because yeah. there's one person on that radar. And if they get it wrong, there's lives at risk. Yeah. And so they're going to err on the side of caution. And I completely get that. Yeah, it's it's never going to be perfect. All right. But we can try to get it right. And uh, we could talk about this for a long time. <laughs> we haven't even touched marginal outlooks. Ah, uh, C-Text. C-Text. Oh, my gosh. We've been going 20 minutes. All right. Well, um, going forward, Todd, we at some point have to review February 2021. What happened in February? No, I'm just kidding. Uh, you're about to be out of state. Maybe. And uh, just a little vacation. <laughs> just a little, little time to unwind. And uh, so... Downhill. Um, you know, guys, we haven't even touched the la, fact la, la, that... Um, Todd Jacobian and I called for a cold December. <laughs> and... Um, it was cold. It just wasn't in Arkansas. December 2021 <laughs> finished second warmest on record. I'll own that. Um, I'll own it. You own it? I'll own it too. Wow, I thought you. You know say, what? I thought you were gonna say it yeah, got cold. It was it was just delayed, delayed, not denied. Right. Well, listen. In hindsight, hindsight's twenty twenty one. See what I did there? <laughs> in hindsight, you know, you look at the La Nina second year analogs, and yeah, December usually ends up pretty warm. We did think December twenty twenty one was gonna be different. It wasn't. December twenty twenty one would be different than just a warm La Nina December. The end of December, end of January, mid to late January. What do you think? I think it has to be cold at some point, and it is, you know, this week. However, um, you look at the top five warmest Decembers, and they don't usually just stay right in the middle. It either gets really cold or it gets really warm. And I would lead towards warmth. The Gulf is ready to go. Severe weather is going to be a problem this spring. I think so. Big problem. All right. Thank you so much for listening to us and our opinions that we probably are going to get in trouble for, but, you know, somebody's got to say it, right? We're just trying to put it all out there. Let it, put it all out on the field. It's just a discussion. It is. You know, Spark debate. See where we're coming from on we, uh, we greatly respect everyone that works for the Weather Service. Absolutely. Absolutely. And it's, it's never going to uh, – there's always going to be an issue. We just want to make it better. Yeah, and uh, and I, I bet you we could have a podcast with the weather service guys in here, and they tell us what they wish broadcast meteorologists would do, right? That's right. I was going to say <laughs> they we probably, the we probably can't get them to say what they wish the storm prediction center <laughs> would do, right. but we can definitely get them to talk about us. Yes, that we, would be an interesting. We might try to set that, that up. That might be good. Things, they, but it's the goal is to make everybody better, and and uh, and make it better for the consumer. That's right, and that's the goal of this is so you kind of understand where we're coming from when certain things happen. So. All right, thanks for joining us. Um, we're going to try to do this again next week and the next week and the next week and keep it going um, after our holiday break that has just ended. Yep. Thank you for joining us. This is The Natural State of Weather. Um, please subscribe, like, and share.